November 10th. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 1 through 17. And it's all about forgiveness. The sacrifices under the Old Covenant brought a reminder of sin, not a remission of sin. There's a big difference. The blood of God's own Son took care of sin once and for all. Now, because there is no more offering for sin, there's also no more remembrance of sin. And we can rejoice that we have a righteous standing before God. That, my friend, is real good news. And now, let's begin our reading in the New Testament. November 10th, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 17. The old system in the law of Moses was only a shadow of the things to come, not the reality of the good things Christ has done for us. The sacrifices under the old system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshippers, would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But just the opposite happened. Those yearly sacrifices reminded them of their sins year after year. For it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why Christ, when He came into the world, said, You did not want animal sacrifices and grain offerings, but you have given Me a body so that I might obey you. No, you are not pleased with animals burned on the altar, or with other offerings for sin. Then I said, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, just as it is written about me in the Scriptures. Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or grain offerings, or animals burned on the altar, or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he added, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to establish the second. And what God wants is for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands before the altar day after day, offering sacrifices that can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as one sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down at the place of highest honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humble as a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he perfected forever all those whom he is making holy and the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. First, he says, This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, so they will understand them, and I will write them on their minds, so they will obey them. Then he adds, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. No one needs to know you can keep the facade going. But between you and God, are you sure right now that Jesus Christ is crazy about you?
Are you 100% sure? Not that he so loves the world, but that he so loves you as an individual. Do you, can you really come with that type of security before God and go, I know, I know on a shadow of a doubt that you love me. Or is there a part of you that's insecure? I don't know. I think he loves me. I, 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 I mean, I've been told it my whole life. I've been a part of this church. But right now, as I have to confess to you that I go in and out of this sometimes. And there have been times as I look back, I go, gosh, the Lord is just revealing to me that I minister to some of these symptoms because I, I have some of these issues. And, and there are times I'm so sure of the love of Christ that he loves me and I can sing that, oh, how he loves me. But the way that I wander, the way that I am prone to wander is I wander toward insecurity. And I wander back toward trying to earn it somehow. And I think you guys have seen some of that pattern in my life. And so no doubt that reflection is going to come into some of your lives too. Of this coming in and out. Of this assurance. And so i got to ask you again, right now, are you sure that God loves you? friend of mine was just sharing about his own life just yesterday and he, he quoted a verse that I preached two years ago but I haven't preached in a long time it's, it's John 15 9 where, where before you even turn there let me ask you something how much do you think God the Father loves his son <laughs> okay, try, to, try to imagine that just right now, how much do you think right now God the Father loves Jesus? Pretty good amount. Pretty much a perfect love, right? That's why John 15, 9 is one of the most difficult passages for some of us, like me, to embrace. Because in John 15, 9, Jesus says, Just as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in that love. Think about that. Just as? In so much as, in the same way as the Father loves you, that's how much you love me? Come on. Shouldn't the verse read, just as the Father has loved me, Cut that in half, you know, or a third, or I mean, cause that's the way I feel sometimes, right? You, know, you, 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 some of you hear that verse. Some of you, some of you guys get the love of God and praise God for that. I am so grateful for you, and I learn from some of you. But some of you struggle like I do in believing that verse and going, "No way, that much, as much as the Father loves you." That's what you think of me? And it's even going back to the John 3.16 that God so 
I, 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 that word so. It's like, ah, I, I believe he loves, but so love the world like that much Jesus I believe you love me but just as the father loves me see that's why for us to comprehend that I cannot physically comprehend that it is a knowledge it's a love that I can't know just physically I can't just study and know that I can't just you know check it off on an exam something has to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit to where I get it it's a power, that it's a strength that is required for us to get the love of God. And that only comes through the Holy Spirit. And so we try, try, try. Many of you, you know, talk to me and you say, Hey, how can I help my husband understand the love of God? How can I share with my friend at work to get the love of God? And, I'm go- and every time I tell you, I go, man, that's the million dollar question. You can't, you can't make someone else fall in love. But unlike a physical relationship, in this one you can actually pray like Paul does and get on his knees on behalf of that person. And so I I say, you know, I, I do know that God loves me. And there have been times and there are periods when I am so secure in that. And there are other times when I am not. And that's me. Different people have different issues. This is mine. And I also realize I have not prayed about that issue as much. When I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray for times like this. God, give me a power so that I can impact other people's lives that I love. Empower me, gift me for the common good. These are all biblical good prayers. And yet I've neglected this one in my own life and for the, for others. I don't pray enough. Okay, God, now empower me, strengthen me so that I can understand your love for me. And uh, empower these people in this room whom I love strengthen them right now by the power of your Holy Spirit so that they can know your love and rest secure in it Psalm 108 verses 1 through 13 now this psalm is adapted from Psalm 57 verses 7 through 11 and uh, Psalm 60 verses 5 through 12 You see, it's the song of a warrior, and in it, David makes three affirmations. The first is, I will praise. A steadfast heart is a singing heart because confidence in God gives you something to sing about. Worship is good preparation for warfare. And another affirmation is, I will listen. God heard the voice of David, and then David listened to the voice of God. And the third affirmation is, I will conquer. That's a word for you and me today as well. God leads us into the battle, helps us capture the enemy's strongholds, and gives us the victory. Verse 13 is David's version of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It was true for him, and it's true for you and me today. Psalm 108, verses 1 through 13. A Psalm of David. A Song. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my soul. 
Wake up, O harp and lyre. I will waken the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, in front of all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine all over the earth. Use your strong right arm to save me and rescue your beloved people. God has promised this by His holiness. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim will produce my warriors, and Judah will produce my kings. Moab will become my lowly servant, and Edom will be my slave. I will shout in triumph over the Philistines. But who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for He will trample down our foes. Proverbs 27, verse 12. A prudent person foresees the danger ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. <laughs>